48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. Pan-Democrats say government plans to make it easier to hand suspects over to other jurisdictions will be open to abuse. E-cigarette users face a six-month jail sentence under a proposed new law, and President Trump hints he may extend the deadline for a trade deal with Beijing. The pan-democratic camp says it's extremely concerned about the government's plan to amend laws to make it easier for Hong Kong to hand over criminal suspects to other jurisdictions, including the mainland. While officials insist the procedure will safeguard human rights, the convener of the pan-democrats, Claudia Mo, fears Beijing will find a way round those safeguards. We're worried that uh, Hong Kongers and perhaps dissidents uh, living in Hong Kong, Chinese dissidents, uh, could face framed charges. You, you might say, uh, what if they promise uh, there will be no political uh, prosecution as such, but they could always package offences into so-called economic crimes? The, the proposal says the chief executive uh, alone can issue or just sign some certificate and should could start the uh, extradition uh, procedure and uh, that could easily lead to abuse of power. Legal constituency lawmaker Dennis Kwok from the Civic Party said the proposed amendments lacked any legal basis as the mainland has no judicial independence, respect for human rights or basic due process as proven by the fact the authorities routinely arrest lawyers. Hong Kong people have no confidence whatsoever in signing any extradition treaty, especially criminal-related extradition treaty, with the mainland China. I think that is the very basis of one country, two. If the Hong Kong government wished to have an extradition arrangement or treaty with the Taiwanese government, they need to have a formal dialogue with the Taiwanese government and recognize the Taiwanese jurisdiction as an independent judicial jurisdiction. However, Cindy Kung, a barrister and former police chief inspector, rejected concerns about the proposals. Under the Fugitive Offenders Ordinance, there is already sections which places general restrictions on surrenders, which involves offenders involving people to be prosecuted for his race, religion, nationality or political opinion. And also, under Section 2 of the same ordinance, the Fugitive Offenders Ordinance, the offenders concern needs to be punishable in Hong Kong with imprisonment for more than 12 months or any greater punishments before we will consider surrendering him. So I do not think that worry is sort of justified on a legal basis. People who import, make or distribute e-cigarettes will face fines of up to $50,000 and a six-month jail sentence if lawmakers approve a ban on the products. The government will table its bill to the Legislative Council for the first reading next Wednesday. Anyone who advertises the products will be fined. Fines for vaping outside designated smoking areas will be introduced. A six-month transition period will apply if the bill is passed. Deputy Secretary for Health Amy Yoon was asked if the proposals would create a black market for the products. I suppose there will always be people trying to circumvent any regulation as such. But uh, we try to put in place a control as comprehensive as we can. What we're trying to do is to nip the problem in the bud. As these products are still relatively new in Hong Kong, they are not as um, entrenched as conventional products. We think that we have a responsibility as a government to protect public health and to prevent these products from taking root in Hong Kong, prevent them from being too popular, such that in later days we cannot do too much about them. Accountancy sector lawmaker Kenneth Leung has poured cold water on a suggestion that first-time homebuyers shouldn't have to pay stamp duty. 
The Taxation Institute has proposed waiving the levy for first-time buyers whose flats cost less than $6 million and who live in them for at least three years. But Mr. Lang says the timing is wrong. I think any movement on alleviating the stamp duty tax should be considered very carefully because it may uh, release a wrong message to the market that the government is encouraging people to buy at this juncture. And I do think property prices are, are gradually, I say gradually, uh, declining. And if it is declining, in a way, I think this has already alleviated um, some of the burden of first-time buyers. Police have arrested an 18-year-old man and a 14-year-old boy in connection with Sunday's disruption on the MTR's East Rail line. Local media reports say the man is from overseas and the boy is local. Robert Kemp has more. Early morning East Rail train services were disrupted for about an hour last Sunday when one of the line's overhead power cables was damaged. The cause was a 17-metre-long metal railing, which had apparently been removed and then thrown from a footbridge onto the cables. The incident, which happened near Taiwo Station in Taipo, stopped trains running between Taipo Market and Fanling and led to reduced services between Taipo Market and Hong Hom and between Fanling and the border. Police have classified the case as criminal damage. Highway officials say they'll reveal more details about a contractor's failure to submit thousands of construction records related to the Hong kong Zhuhai macau Bridge at a meeting of LegCo's transport panel on Friday. It emerged this week that contractor China State Construction Engineering failed to submit some 10,000 pieces of paperwork relating to the bridge's link road on time. The Foreign Ministry in Beijing has condemned what it described as unfair and immoral efforts by the United States to drive a wedge between China and other countries. The comments by the Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Chunying followed remarks by the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in Hungary over the use of technical equipment from the telecoms giant Huawei. U.S. President Donald Trump has said he'd consider extending the deadline for a trade deal with Beijing. It's the first indication from Mr. Trump that the deadline of March the 1st could slide. U.S. tariffs on imports from China are due to rise to 25 percent from 10 percent if a deal isn't concluded in time. The president's comment came as the U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and the trade representative Robert Leitizer arrived in Beijing ahead of trade talks that are due to resume tomorrow. Meanwhile, Mr. Trump says he isn't happy with a bipartisan agreement negotiated by congressional leaders on border security. However, Mr. Trump said he didn't expect to see another government shutdown. I don't think you're going to see a shutdown. I wouldn't want to go to it now. If you did have it, it's the Democrats' fault. And I accepted the first one, and I'm proud of what we've accomplished, because people learned during that shutdown all about the problems coming in from the southern border. I accept I've always accepted it. But this one, I would never accept if it happens, but I don't think it's going to happen. But this would be totally on the Democrats. On Monday, Republicans and Democrats reached a deal which included $1.4 billion for border security, less than a quarter of what Mr. Trump had demanded for a wall along the border with Mexico. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison says the government will reopen its Christmas Island detention centre after it was defeated on a major piece of immigration legislation yesterday. MPs in the lower house defied the government and passed a landmark bill giving doctors the power to recommend transfer for refugees on Nauru and Papua New Guinea to Australia for treatment. Here's the BBC's Howell Griffith in Sydney. 
Scott Morrison says the impact of it will be twofold. First of all, his government has talked about the ability of now rapists and murderers, paedophiles even, who are refugees or asylum seekers, being allowed into Australia for medical treatment. That's what they claim is a risk from the passing of this vote. But a second risk, they say, is that people smuggling operations may now resume from outside of Australia and therefore he's sanctioned the reopening of the Christmas Island Detention Centre in preparation for potentially more people trying to get in and land on Australian soil. A jury in New York has found the Mexican drug lord Joaquin Guzman, known as El Chapo, guilty on all 10 counts at his drug trafficking trial. Guzman was the head of the ruthless Sinaloa cartel, one of the biggest suppliers of illegal drugs to the U.S. The BBC's Nada Taufik reports. During the dramatic 11-week trial, some of his closest aides detailed the inner workings of the Sinaloa cartel and painted a vivid picture of El Chapo's rise from a humble farmer to the world's most powerful drug lord. Prosecutors told the jury that in just four drug shipments, El Chapo sent the equivalent of a line of cocaine for every single person in the United States. He consolidated power by paying enormous bribes to high-ranking officials and by being brutally violent. Prosecutors argued that his many escapes twice from prisons in Mexico proved his guilt. 61-year-old Guzman now faces, faces life in prison. Richard Sweeney from the FBI told reporters that the judgment sent a strong signal. Today's verdict was a powerful statement, uh, both on behalf of victims across the globe and countless law enforcement officers who lost their lives fighting and tracking and hunting this individual. I'd like to express our gratitude to the many people that worked with us on our FBI Safe Streets Task Forces across the country. None of this is possible without partnerships, both here in the U.S. and across the globe. All flights in and out of Belgium have been cancelled because of a 24-hour strike by the country's main transport union. Belgian air traffic control authorities cited safety concerns because of uncertainty over staffing levels. From Brussels, here's the BBC's Gavin Lee. 80,000 passengers were due to fly or land at Belgian airports today. All of those flights have now been cancelled. Belgium's air traffic agency, Skies, decided to shut the country's airspace for all flights taking off and landing, exempting only military and government flights. It's the first time the airspace has been forced to close in this way. The action by Belgium's three main trade unions will also affect trains, buses and ports with skeleton services in place. The target of the combined strike is the Belgian government, following a disagreement over wage growth for public workers. Almost 300 luxury cars imported into Papua New Guinea for official duties at November's Asia-Pacific Economic Summit have gone missing. The BBC's Phil Mercer has more details. The missing cars are worth a small fortune. 284 vehicles used to ferry officials during the APEC summit in Papua New Guinea have yet to be returned. The police believe they know where most of them are. Fortunately, 40 custom-made Maserati cars imported for the gathering of world leaders have been recovered and are safely locked away. Critics said that buying expensive cars was a slap in the face to people living in poverty in the South Pacific nation. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.58 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar 13 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 12 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,393. That's 219 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $62 billion. Not sports, here's Adam Jung. We start with football's European Champions League, where Paris Saint-Germain stunned Manchester United. 
Now sets Di Maria away down the left-hand side. Mbappe with pace in the middle. Mbappe scores right-footed in the six-yard box. It's 2-0 to Paris Saint-Germain. United lost 2-0 to PSG in their Champions League last 16 first leg at Old Trafford. It was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first defeat as United boss. In the other game, Roma beat Porto 2-1 in Italy. Rounding up the action, the BBC's Shabnam Yunus Jewel. A sobering night for Manchester United as their undefeated record under interim manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was ended by Paris Saint-Germain. Presnel Kimpembe broke the deadlock early in the second half at Old Trafford and Kylian Mbappe struck just seven minutes later to give the French side a 2-0 first leg advantage. To add insult to injury for Manchester United, Paul Pogba was sent off in the final minutes of the game after being shown two yellow cards. While in Italy, the Portuguese champions Porto also tasted defeat after some time. They were beaten 2-1 by Roma after not losing a competitive match since October. Two goals in six minutes by Nicolo Zaniolo before Adrian Lopez got one back for Porto to give them some hope for the second leg. Defending champions Real Madrid visit Ajax for their last 16 first leg tonight. Ajax are making their first appearance in a knockout stage since 2006. The other game has Tottenham hosting Borussia Dortmund. Spurs were previously hoping to play this game in their new White Hart Lane Stadium. But defender Jan Vertonghen believes the fans will create a special atmosphere at Wembley. The home advantage is... Uh... It's something big, uh, definitely in the knockout phase in the in the Champions League. Um, we had some great games last season uh, with, the, with the home games in the Champions League, and we definitely need that again. It gives you a great lift, and um, yeah, we played uh, the first uh, leg at home now, so uh, yeah, we need everyone behind us, and that will uh, might give us uh, an extra boost. Hong Kong will not be represented at this year's Asian Champions League after Kitchi lost their qualifier to Perak in Malaysia on penalties. The Hong Kong champions conceded early and had defender Matt Smith sent off. They played most of the second half with 10 men but still managed to equalize four minutes from time through defender Lee Ngai Hoi. The penalty shootout went seven rounds before the home side came through 6-5. And that means Hong Kong will not have a team in the Champions League group stage, having been represented there by Kitchi last season and Eastern the year before. Parak will visit South Korea's Osan Hyundai in the next stage of qualifying. And that's your look at sports. RTHK's Adam Jung reporting. To end the news, our top stories once again. Pandemocrats say government plans to make it easier to hand suspects over to other jurisdictions will be open to abuse. E-cigarette users face a six-month jail sentence under a proposed new law. And President Trump hints he may extend the deadline for a trade deal with Beijing. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3. The government's kindergarten education scheme provides direct subsidies to eligible kindergartens to ease the burden of school fees, enhance education quality in various ways, cater for children's diverse needs, and nurture talents for the future. Quality education starts at kindergarten.